So, Matt, if cardboard had a favorite sport, do you know what it would be? If, if cardboard had a favorite sport. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I don't know. Boxing. <laughs> <laughs> Seems so simple. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the graveyard. Thank you for joining us tonight. My name is Adam. And my name's Matt. Now, pull up a tombstone or settle into your casket and get comfortable because this is Graveyard Tales. All right, everybody. How you doing, Matt? Well, I'm doing good, man. I, it is hot. I, I feel like I have moved the graveyard east, south of hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It it's, is. It is mid September, and it it was 98 degrees today. Yeah, it's been brutal. And so man. that that means that my recording space is like an oven, and so I'm I'm sweating it out. Sweating to the it, it was actually, it was actually hotter there in Tennessee than it was here because it was only like ninety five here. Yeah, that's unbelievable. So it, we don't we don't have any relief in sight. So I'm not putting it, I'm not putting the flip flops up yet. <laughs> It'll be November before we get any fall type weather. Oh, yeah, which is a shame. So, real quick, um, let everybody know again that if you have not become a patron. You can go do that for as little as a dollar a month, and you can get bonus episodes where we talk about stuff that we wouldn't normally talk about on the show, some shorter episodes, and then some getting personal episodes since Matt and I are now 800 miles apart. It helps us catch up, and you get to hear the BS that we talk about mm. when... Yeah. We're just kind of catching up. B- so BS. If, that's, a, yeah. <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> it's the cleanest way I could think but, to put you know, it. You know, it's it's fun. You know, you get to kind of hear you know the the crap that goes on behind the scenes. So yeah, a little uh, little delve into our personal lives if you enjoy that. So head on over to patreon.com forward slash graveyard tales and you can. Sign up to be a patron and get all the bonus content and all that stuff. So that's enough really of an intro because we have a really, really long episode for you guys. This is going to border on one of the longest episodes we've ever done in one sitting. Um, We're not going to break this up into two parts like we did before. Um, It's a really big shoe. It's a really big shoe. So we have uh, an interview coming up with a good buddy of ours at the end of the episode, our buddy Randy from Paranormal Road and EVP Mediums came on uh, to talk to us a little bit. So we'll get to that at the end of the episode. But Matt, what are we talking about tonight? Why did we have Randy on? Okay, so tonight we're going to dig into some more aspects of psychic abilities. You know, what... What constitutes a psychic ability? How do you know if you've if you've got psychic ability? What, I knew you were going to say that. What? Yeah. What, <laughs> <laughs> what maybe you could do with said psychic abilities? You know, who could you who could you torment? 
You know, what what kind of predictions <laughs> can you make? Can you get rich off saying that? <laughs> right. No. No, but we are we are gonna discuss some other psychic abilities coming off the tail of our telekinesis uh, episode. If you haven't listened to that and you're listening to this, go back and listen to it first because we'll we'll probably reference some things in that show. Um, but uh, but yeah, we're 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 gonna go into all these different aspects of of psychic abilities. Are are they are they real? Um, you know, how do you know? Could you know, could could Adam be psychic? I don't know. Could I be psychic? Doubt it, but maybe. Probably not. Um, <laughs> but because uh, if, if I was psychic, I would have probably known that it was going to be hot up here and I'd have done this somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Um, actually, that, that would have worked if I'd have just looked at the weather app. Um, yeah. But either way, um, Adam's got a pretty exhaustive list of different psychic abilities and and. We're gonna we're gonna kind of run through those and um, and and talk a little bit about each one. So uh, so Adam, let's let's kind of get into it. All right, this should be a fun episode, I think. Um, so first, we've got to define psychic abilities to the best of our abilities. Um, so according to the Oxford Dictionary, psychic abilities relate or denote relate to or denote faculties or phenomena that are apparently inexplicable by natural laws, especially involving telepathy or clairvoyance. So, that, I mean, that's the Oxford Dictionary way of saying, well, I don't know, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah I mean, kind of. <laughs> that, that's the closest you can get in a definition to going, we don't know, man. Uh, it's it's the, inexplicable. It's the powers of the mind. Right. And that that's basically all this said is it's, powers that um, are inexplicable by natural laws. So as Matt and I have kind of talked before in the last episode and everything, we both think that abilities like psychic abilities aren't necessarily only for a few people. Um, You know, we kind of feel like it's something that humans used to be capable of, but because of our evolution and our, our move to technology and all this other stuff, we've kind of lost the ability to tap into them. Um, people who have these abilities just have either learned to tap into them better than most of us have, or they were born with these abilities and never learned to ignore them as most of us have. You know, that's the thing with kids being able to see spirits more than adults. You just don't have that filter in you that says, well, that's not normal yeah. to do that we shouldn't do that you know open so, open-mindedness you know right. a, a kid doesn't know any better so right. you know as adults we all think we know better but maybe we don't you know maybe if we were a little more open-minded about uh the world around us maybe we would discover that some of this stuff that adam and i talk about isn't all that crazy or maybe it is we don't know because I think as adults we are so just close-minded to the uh, to the idea that there's something beyond what science can explain. Right, and most of us are hung up on I got to go to my job, I got to make money, I got to feed the kids, I got to clothe them, I got to get up and do it all over again, and anything that messes with that 
you basically shut down because you're like, look, I don't, I, I don't have time for this. I got to get home and I got to make dinner for the kids and I got to put them to bed after I bathe them and all this stuff. So you just don't allow yourself to think about it where kids or people who have learned to do it actually take the time to think about it and all that. And some of this we'll get into as my list goes on here because we've got some of the classic Graveyard Tales lists that you know, we we haven't had in a while. <laughs> um, so this, this is a list-heavy show. Yeah, this is a list-heavy show. Um, so the first list that want to get into here is things that are considered to be psychic abilities. And you'll notice that some of these we have talked about before, and some of them Matt and I are probably going to talk about in the near future because they're interesting. So the first one that we've got is astral projection or mental projection. So we did an episode on basically that. Yeah. You know, we talked about out of, right. Um, So astral projection came up in that. And as we said in that one, you just got to learn to escape through your astral hole and you'll be fine. (laughs) God, I'd forgotten that. (laughs) <laughs> I had to until this list. <laughs> so another one that we've got is aura reading. And I'll talk a little bit about that here in a minute. Um, that's the ability to perceive energy fields surrounding people, places, or things. Um, another one is automatic writing, which that's another one that we'll get into. But that's the ability to draw or write without conscious intent. Now, some of these next ones are interesting to me, um, which they're ones I really wish that I had. Um, we've all heard of clairvoyance. Well, that's the ability to perceive people, objects, locations, or physical events via extrasensory perception. However, some of these other clairs, we got a lot of clairs in this. Uh, I don't yeah, know. I went to high school with a clairvoyant. Yeah, I mean, clairs clairs show up all the time. I, I, think, she was, you went, I think she was valedictorian. <laughs> she always knew the answers to all the tests. <laughs> with, with that kind of ability, you would. <laughs> How did you get to be valedictorian? I'm clairvoyance. Yeah, that's your name, but... Okay, sorry. Um. So the the... Second Claire we've got is Claire audience. Um, that's the ability to acquire information by paranormal auditory means. So basically when you hear voices. That oh, I tell thought you, it was like where you could hear the future. Um, <laughs> maybe. Would that yeah. back to hearing the future? Yeah. <laughs> that's the new movie. Wait. Did you... <laughs> <laughs> Marty's calling me. Uh, I'm just thinking, the, I'm thinking about that. that I, I, I was trying to make it fit real quick. I, that, that scene in Ghostbusters where they're walking to the bottom of the library. And he's like, oh, yeah. Quiet. You smell something? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the next Claire we've got is Claire Cognizance, and that's the ability to acquire physical knowledge by means of intrinsic knowledge. Basically, you just know crap, which I mean, I'm going to start saying I'm Claire Cognizant when when Michael asked me why yeah. when I tell him yes, something. I just know I, crap. Yeah, I just know crap. I'm Claire Cognizant. Shut up. <laughs> I drink know. and I know things. <laughs> 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you can update that shirt. You can say, I ingest liquids and I'm Claire Cognizant. You know? <laughs> I would wear that one. <laughs> it would be, you get some funny looks. Yeah, yeah right. Uh, so Claire Sentience is the ability to physically feel um, and receive messages from emotions and feelings. So it, I guess... It's like when you go into a haunted house, a supposed haunted house, and someone says that they acquire the feelings of a spirit that's there. That's clairsentience. Um, that's the receiving a message or emotions from something paranormal. Oh, okay. I thought maybe it was like when you can smell fear or something. Eh, maybe. I mean, that that might actually fit into that. Um, but it would be, I guess, they've done studies on that, Matt. They've actually done studies on whether people, humans, have the ability to smell fear pheromones, or pheromones, as I like to call them, <laughs> um, in humans. And what they did is they would tape, like, um, absorbent pads under people's arms and take them skydiving or doing scary stuff, and then a panel of people would smell these sweat-laden pads, and even though they themselves couldn't articulate which ones were the scary pad and which one wasn't, their brain waves would actually show a heightened sense of fear that they may not be able to articulate yeah. when they smelled the scary pads. You know why? So apparently... Do you know why? Why? Because they stink. That's why. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's oh. true. It, you, you get the yeah. fear of yeah, what, onion, the onion scent. What did uh, what this guy have for lunch? Are you making <laughs> cream of mushroom soup in your armpits? What's going on? That's what. How do you smell that's like that? That's what fear smells like. It's cream of mushroom soup. Hey, there we go. I was wondering why every time I make my famous chicken dish, everybody's afraid. It's the cream of mushroom soup in it. It's not the fact that it tastes bad. What if you're the bravest guy in the world, but you have got like the worst B.O. ever? And people just walk around and go, man, that guy is scared of everything. And he's like, I'm scared of nothing. <laughs> yeah, right. I just sweat yeah. a lot. <laughs> no, 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 sir. We can, we can smell the fear on you. We smell the fear on you. It's terrible. Um, <laughs> the new cologne fear <laughs> Prince Machabelli <laughs> pheromones from Matt and Adam I think that's the second Prince Machabelli joke that I've made people I wonder if I people think so. get that <laughs> I doubt it you gotta be at if least you, you gotta be at least this old to get, yeah, to get that if you get Matt's joke <laughs> comment somewhere let us know you understand Matt's joke Look, if you've ever bought cologne at a drugstore you get you get <laughs> Prince Machabelli. I swear. Does, does Brute count? Well, yeah. Brute, right. Brute, Canoe, you know, Stetson. Oh, yeah. Stetson Black was always my favorite in high school. <laughs> I felt fancy because I got the Stetson Black. <laughs> I think I smell some fear. <laughs> yeah. Smelling of cow poop and patchouli. It's amazing. Oh, my. God. It's no wonder I was so popular that's in high school. Right. I mean, it was that's the right. Stetson Black. Well, that's, you know, when I used to like dig into my dad's drawer and get out the high karate. <laughs> there you go. 
<laughs> he got a bottle of leftover of like 1964. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, I'm going like to slap line. on some of this. <laughs> yeah. The ladies love <laughs> high karate. Okay. So moving on from our tangent, um, the next few we've got, they kind of all fall into the same category. You've got mediumship or channeling, which is the ability to communicate with spirits. Got a big section on that coming up later. Uh, precognition or premonition is the ability to perceive future events or prophecy, which is the ability to predict the future. And Matt, you got a couple examples yeah. of prophecy. Yeah. So, um, so I, I went and dug up some, uh, some predictions from famous psychics. Is that a graveyard joke? You dug it up. <laughs> it can be if you would like. All right, we will say um, it is. But these are some folks that were were, were well known. But um, one one thing you'll see with all of these stories is that none of them were trying to predict. They weren't questioned to go. What's going to happen in the next year? Which you will find a million of these. So-called, I am, you know, a psychic master, you know, I'm all this baloney. And here are my predictions for 2019. Right. And you read it and I'm like, man, I could have come up with this. This is, this is the most vague, something big political will happen in November. Exactly. Yeah, it does, you know, almost every year. It's like, yeah. So you you'll see a lot of that, but these these weren't that way. Th- these were uh, essentially visions by fairly famous psychics who predicted um, some pretty significant events in history. So the first one is is Jean Dixon, who um, who we've mentioned before on the show because of her relationship with um, with uh, Nancy Reagan. Uh, we we mentioned her briefly in our um, astrology episode, mm-hmm. um, but but Jean Dixon was a was a fairly famous psychic. She she wrote a lot of books, and I can remember seeing Jean Dixon on TV, hawking her books. You know, in between um, episodes of The Price Is Right and The Young and the Restless. <laughs> right. So, yeah, my grandmother babysat me a lot. So hey, there you go. Um, but several um, several of this famed psychic's predictions came true, but most notably. In 1956, Dixon told a reporter that she had a very clear vision of a Democratic president being elected to the White House. He had brown hair and blue eyes and came from a very prominent family. She also said that he would be assassinated before the end of his term. Now, in 1960, it appeared that she was correct so far, although in 1956, Kennedy was a young senator who was he was positioning himself to be the running mate um of presidential candidate uh candidate uh Adelaide Stevenson now he he wasn't just super well known at that time but the kennedys were he was a senator in massachusetts so it it, it wasn't like he was just some rando that gene dixon pulls out of her rear end and says this guy's going to become president. You know, that that was kind of vague, but anyway, it, it fit. But uh, what about the rest of it? 
on November 22nd, 1963, Gene reportedly announced to friends that JFK would be killed that same day in Dallas, which, of course, we know he was. Right. So she had made the prediction four years prior to Kennedy becoming elected, and then three years later, it comes to fruition when he's assassinated in Dallas. So, I mean... She was right, right? I mean, kind of makes you wonder, though, if she was on the grassy knoll. Yeah, or did was, she have in, inside information, or right, or or was it, <laughs> or was it a good guess? I mean, yeah. you've got you've got a young, charismatic senator. You know, young charismatic senators usually rise pretty quickly, and mm-hmm. you know the the idea that um, you know that he's positioning himself to be the vice president. It wouldn't be all that far fetched, you know. Sure. So she she kind of attaches to him and says, "Okay, I'm I'm going to make this prediction because I think he's going to make a run for the presidency." And and she was right. So maybe it was a lucky guess, but picking the assassination was, you know that, you know that, that's going to be like, well, it's it's either going to happen or it's not, Gene, and we're going to find out. Are you are you just pulling our leg or or are you legit but not only did she predict it then you know reportedly to these friends that that day she said that it would happen and it did so you know something something triggered her to say it that day you know unless um you know unless we find information that her and you know lee harvey oswald were close buddies i mean you know where would she know that from Right. And that's not one of those predictions that you would want to make if you were faking it just to get publicity, because like you said, you'll know in a few minutes if that's legit or not. Exactly. And you don't want to be that person that gets that wrong. You know, I mean, she would be she was putting herself out there by saying that. I mean, she she didn't Mm -hmm. say it publicly. So Um, anyway, the next one. Now, the next one is is pretty interesting. The next one is was by American uh, Tana Hoy. Um, and Tana Hoy is a psychic medium who claims not only to hear guides and spirits, but he claims that he can physically see them as well. Now, Hoy was doing a live radio program in 1995 in Fayetteville, North Carolina, when he predicted a deadly terrorist attack on a building in Oklahoma City. 90 minutes later, the Alfred pre, the Alfred P. Mura Federal Building was attacked when Timothy McVeigh's bomb exploded right outside the front. And I think if if you were around then, you can remember how just shocking and terrifying that event was. Yep. And this guy made this statement 90 minutes prior to. Now, now I tried and I found articles of other people who have tried to see if this was, there was actually a recording in existence of him saying this. And if I'm sure there is somewhere, but it's, it's not, it's not available on any outlet that I could find. I I really wanted to hear it, but you know, this is, I mean, I, I found this in multiple sources, at least 10 sources have it documented all the same way. So it's my best guess that he did indeed say this. And, um, 
and predicted the Oklahoma City bombing. But that's wild. What's really amazing to me is he did it 90 minutes before it happened. I mean, again, he would almost have to know. Yeah. You know, if, if he's if he's not psychic, if he's a fraud, then he's a criminal. Yep, exactly. And most predictions you get like that, like you were saying earlier, they're so vague or they're so far out uh, that people will forget about them by the time they show up. You know, most people who say there's going to be destruction, it's like in the year 2045, you know, right. it's, a, a thousand people will die. And you're like, everybody you just told that to yeah. is going to die. So make a prediction that. I'm I'm gonna be long gone before it ever comes to fruition. You know, let's let's do a real Nostradamus type thing, where you yeah. know it's gonna be a century before this ever comes. Then then you'll look back. Okay, thanks, Tom. Well, you know. I'm gonna make a prediction right now that by the year 2120, the human language it's all gonna be one language, and it's just gonna be a bunch of hillbilly slang. And computer noises. <laughs> so everybody walking it, around is going to sound like an old, like a old phone modem. You know, yeah, yeah. Hey, we're y'all, just, we're all just a bunch of you data. Know. Yeah, maybe, exactly. Maybe we are now anyway. Stew on that. <laughs> okay, last one of these quickly. Um, Linda and Terry Jameson. Now, Linda and Terry Jameson have the coolest psychic nickname. They are the Psychic Twins. <laughs> love it love it now they're they're credited with predicting two deadly attacks on the u.s now the first one came in 1999 and you know you'll be listening to this about two weeks after this this occurred but you know we, we recently um you know recognized the attacks on the world trade center now, these two ladies said that they began to have visions in 99 of terrorist attacks on federal buildings for the year 2002. Now, they named South Carolina and possibly Georgia, but then added New York, more specifically the World Trade Center. Now, hmm. even though they were off by a few months... Most authorities will say this was an accurate prediction. Now, the twins also predicted the Boston Marathon bombing. Now, they claim that they saw the city of Boston being targeted for a terrorist attack. And in 2012, they stated that they were hearing the sound of a cannon being fired. So one year later, on April 15th, Two homemade pressure cooker bombs went off during the Boston Marathon, killing three people and injuring several hundred others. So, you know, we're we're, we're kind of getting at the fact that this is this doesn't sound like something that people that if you want to say legitimate, legitimate psychics can't really control. Sure. I mean, I'm not going to approach um, one of these people and say, okay. Give, give me something. Tell me something. About, tell, what's mm-hmm. going to happen to me? What's going to happen to me next week? Am I going to get this job that I've been uh, trying to get? And, you know, is is my dog going to die? Or, you know, am I am I going to am I going to live to be 100? You know, whatever. They're not they're not really just going to be able to look at you and go. Uh, yeah. OK. 
but it's it's more of a of an information thing that they they're getting things in their mind that they may or may not understand and they're simply describing them much like um much like remote viewing where you're just you're getting information you don't necessarily know where it's coming from um but but you're getting these visions and and it leads you to some conclusions and so just like with um uh with with Linda and Terry Jameson predicting the the attacks on 911 um you know they were seeing specific cities and places now of course we know South Carolina and Georgia didn't experience attacks but to to get New York and and not only that but to get the correct building you know that's pretty amazing i mean I honestly, I don't know of of anyone that was thinking that that was a possibility. Right. I yeah, mean, I, I, not not just not just the way it happened, as as unbelievable and bizarre as it was, but that the fact that terrorists could attack a, a building like that in a city like New York. Um with with such magnitude and so for them to make such a claim that they had seen those type visions i mean i can only imagine in 99 most people were like wow i don't yeah. believe that a bit you know and yeah. and then for it to happen i can imagine anyone that knew about that um prior to was just they were picking their jaw up off the floor oh sure because that like you said at that uh at that point, nobody ever even considered it could be a possi- possibility that we would be attacked like that. We didn't feel that vulnerable. So that's a prediction that wouldn't necessarily be on anybody's mind to say, hey, I'm going to make this up because this seems logical. So these are just these are good examples because they're they were famous and they predicted major events throughout U.S. history. And, uh, and and the people that predicted them, at least in the psychic realm, are are fairly famous. And you know, it it just it's one of those things. It's just you just kind of, you you have a hard time wrapping your head around it that somebody could you know even if they were guessing, it's a dadgum good guess. I mean, yep. I mean to 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 get even within within a year of it, and you know you get within a few months of any of these things. Sure. You know, it's it's pretty amazing and and it makes you kind of stop and step back and say, "Okay, um these people may actually have some kind of ability. Um, you know, all these other clowns out here, you know, they can go home, but some of these folks right over here, you know, we maybe we ought to pay attention to what they're saying." Yeah, right. All right. So We'll continue with our list here that we got Um, psychometry. And this is one, Matt, that I hope we can do an episode on because it's the ability to obtain information about a person or an object simply by touching it. Wait, wait, wait. uh, I can do that. Yeah, not whether it's warm or cold. I can touch it. It's it's hard. It's shaped like a box. Yeah, but can you tell who owned it before you touched before you had it? 
Yeah, I can turn it over. There's a label that says property of. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, you're reading that. You're not touching it. It's not in Braille. You don't know how to read Braille. Um, yeah, that would so, be pretty cool, though. Yeah, if you could just grab like something from a Goodwill and know things about the previous owner. Now, that would be horrifying. Right? <laughs> Especially from Goodwill. I wonder who owned these paints. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah right i don't want them. not i don't want them. not buying those it's not that good a deal um so the next one is remote viewing which we've done a whole thing on so go back and listen to that one um retrocognition which is the ability to supernaturally perceive past events that's just being able to see the past um second sight is the ability to see future events and past events or to perceive information that is not present to the physical senses in the form of vision. So kind of like precognition or remote viewing. Um, scrying. Or, or those uh, or those situations where somebody says, my, my my child is in danger right now. Yeah, exactly. You know, something something just something just happened and, and you have that that connection, that ability to know, hey, yep. something's wrong. Exactly. Um, so scrying is the next one. That's the ability to look into a suitable medium with a view to detect significant information. We talked about that in a couple episodes and then telepathy, the ability to transmit or receive thoughts supernaturally. Um, so that one I think would be kind of cool to have. You could talk to whoever you wanted to without a, a phone or even opening your mouth. Obviously this is not an exhaustive list of the abilities that are claimed to be psychic abilities, but these are the ones that I thought would be cool to touch on. Um, now we always source all of our information in the show notes. So if you want to find the link to that and look up the entire list, please do. You can find the link in the show notes. Um, but let's talk about some of these that we touched on. Um, the first one that I wanted to touch on was automatic writing. Now, what is automatic writing? Well, automatic writing is a way to channel information, including predictions and prophecy and spirit energy through writing. It's the ability to allow intuition from outside of you to flow through you. Um, So basically, you got a pen and paper and you just start writing and something channels through you and you come up with answers. You hear people say that they wrote their book that way. Some famous authors say that they, you know, got up in the middle of the night, wrote part of their book, went back to sleep. They don't even remember doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, songs apparently have been written that way. So that's yeah. all I do that, automatic I do that writing. Pop tarts. Uh, yours is uh, automatic eating. Then <laughs> so- <laughs> I get up the next morning. God, who ate all the pop tarts? Mm. Yeah crumbs in your side of the bed yeah little full wrappers all over the floor Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so (laughs) according to a lady named anna sace um there she's got some tips on how to automatic write so we can go through those another list i told you it's going to be a list heavy episode list um she's she says start each automatic writing session with quote my spirit guides or my higher self as the first line. 
So that's basically to call on one of them, or she says you can call on all of them if you want, but be clear about whose input you want as it sets an intention to hear from that being. So start out, you know, on your piece of paper. They say you can do it with a a computer and typing if you want. Um, Most people I've heard about doing it just have a pencil and paper. Yeah. So you want to start with that. And she says, the second step is just start writing and don't worry about what you're writing at first. She says, for example, write or type your question and just see what comes out when you put your fingers on the keys or the pen to the paper. So like we always say when you're doing remote viewing or whatever, don't try to interpret. Don't think about it as you go. Just kind of let it happen. See what happens. <laughs> um, the, the third is set a timer while you do it so you can help. She says this is so that you don't have time to think about what you're writing. She says that works particularly well when you have a set question you want to ask the guides. Yeah. That seems like it would just get annoying to me. Yeah, and maybe it's because you get a guide that's a little wordy, you know, right? or won't just won't shut up. Right. You know. It would suck to have either one of us as guides. That's right. We just keep talking. Yeah. Can you imagine somebody trying to write what we say yeah. and all the weird paths that we take and all that? Right. Hey, you got a nice house. Where'd you get that rug? I like that couch. Yeah, exactly. What color is that on your walls? Hey, do you have any pets? <laughs> I smell cat yeah. pee. You got any yep. pop tarts? <laughs> it would be just like one of our episodes. It'd be horrible. <laughs> uh, she said, <laughs> I just, "I'm just thinking of somebody doing that, and then they're read, trying to read back what they wrote. They were like, who the hell did I channel to write this? <laughs> yep, exactly. But if it were one of us, we'd sign it at the bottom. We're that arrogant. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we want you to know. Give us credit, you were, God. You were talking to Adam from Graveyard Tales, <laughs> who's literally in the graveyard now. Slap a sticker on it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so the fourth one is create the right conditions so that you can lose your inhibitions about what you're writing. Um, so basically set the mood. You want to, you know, light candles or whatever sets the mood to take your mind out of whatever's going on in your daily life yeah. and come into the channeling. That, that may be uh, how some of these uh, Harlequin romance novels are written. I guarantee it. <laughs> uh, that some, one romance <laughs> novel with Bigfoot. Yeah. It's <laughs> a mighty pretty blouse you got on there. Right. <laughs> All right, before Matt takes this into some weird (laughs) romance novel, I'm going to move on. Uh, Number five is don't allow your mind to interpret the information while you're getting it. Uh, She says you can interpret it afterward, but know that it's totally normal for your mind to butt in and judge information in the process. So, again, just like remote viewing. Exactly like remote viewing. Get the information. Don't interpret the information. Um. So if you ever want to try automatic writing, she has a semi-good list. To me, that doesn't help anything. That wouldn't help me know how to get started. But maybe it does you. And if you want to try automatic writing, yeah. feel free. Let's give Just it a shot. see what happens. Make a thread. Yeah. Everybody do it. That would is be it cool. Is it me or is it automatic typing not, not seem as psychic? It just kind of take adding technology and it kind of. Takes, takes it out of the you real know, psychic I, world. I agree. You know? 
uh, <laughs> that that's what I was thinking is it it seemed like it would be weird to automatic type instead of automatic write. But one of the things I read said that some of the automatic writers think that having a computer involved somehow enhances their ability because it gives the spirit some other medium or some other energy to focus on. Again, I don't know. I can't do it, but it just seems like it'd be a little weird to automatic type versus automatic write. Um, Another one that we talked about in the list that I wanted to touch on was aura reading. Um, So people have sensed auras and energy field, energy fields, energy fields around other people since biblical and ancient times and you know all the way back um since we started i guess having physical awareness of ourselves um but the concept is reflected in halos that you see in artistic representations of other christian saints and you know in the indian concept of prana or people's life energy and in the idea of chi in schools of Asian philosophy. Yeah, so you there's, know, I mean, everybody, everybody's seen this character in in a movie, you know, uh, you know, Willow, you know, she's wearing like a dandelion crown and a big flowy dress, and she's like, oh, let me cleanse your aura, you know, it's all right. Just, it's so green with purple polka dots. and Well, see, and that that's the problem <laughs> I had when going through this is that it could be, you know, the, the, the way media portrays it or the way, you know, people, I, most people talk about it I, has I think, made I think, me a little biased. I think this in particular, the, the media portrays it as a joke always. Yeah. I mean, yep. you, you don't, you don't, you really rarely ever see you know, um, this, this kind of thing when I, and I'm talking about, you know, like aura reading, um, legitimized in in any way, shape or form. But, you know, there, there are a lot of people that claim to have that ability to, to see, to see auras, which, uh, you know, allow them to have some insight on maybe something that is not, balanced in a person's life that's causing their aura to maybe be a a certain color or, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe be just a little bit off or or have an energy that would let someone with disability know, okay, there's something, something is out of harmony in your life. Um, you know, what, what, maybe not necessarily being able to say what it is, but they can tell, you know, you've got something that's causing you problems and it will continue to cause you problems until you, until you cleanse yourself of it, until you fix the problem. And the way I think about it is what takes some of the legitimacy away from it is when people are portrayed as all hippy dippy and they're seeing different colors flowing off of people and all that. And I'm not saying that you can't necessarily see colors that are, flowing off people and their auras and all that. But the way that I think about it that makes it a little more legitimate in my mind is have you ever walked into a room with several people in it, you be at work, at home or whatever, you know nothing about what has just been going on in that room, but you can feel 
the tension between two people, or you can feel that one person is angry at you or that one person is sad, Mm -hmm. that, you know, that feeling that you get is also aura reading. It's not just, oh, you know, I see red coming off of them. You're actually feeling the aura that they're putting off. I, I believe that people have an aura about them that you project that energy out into the space around you. And we've talked about that in other episodes, too, where if a lot of negativity happens in a room and then you come in the room, there's nobody else in there, how the room feels weird, Mm -hmm. you know, because it's like a sludge has attached to everything in the room. Mm -hmm. And it's just that negative energy that people were putting off. That is aura, too. And, And more people feel that kind of thing than they want to let on. You know, people can feel auras and feel people's energy, but they don't call it aura reading. You know, they they have some other term for it. They just, oh, you you seem upset. I can, you know, I just I get the sense that you're upset. Yeah, you're you're feeling someone's aura or energy coming off of them. Yeah, and I think people that are that are closely related or maybe you know in in a in a close relationship you you will do that without even realizing you're doing it and a lot of it sure. is well i just i just know them i just know their facial expressions or anything but i'll tell you this if if i'm having a rough day or if something's bugging me i can do a pretty good job of hiding it from just about anybody except amanda mm-hmm. and, and she will know I mean, she will just know. I mean, I could have my back turned to her and, and just, you know, if it's the just the way I'm holding myself or something, she'll sense and she'll go, hey, what's going on with you? You know, yep. and she can just know. And, you know, I don't know that she sees any, if she, if she does, she's never told me, but, but it's that, that sense that, okay, I can, I, I can feel or I can sense you know, an emotion around you when I'm, when mm-hmm. I'm with you, I can, I can sense it and there's something going on and it, it, and it may be more than just, just body language or facial expressions or things like that. It, it may just be, it may be something that you're giving off and that, that, right, would, that right. would be, I'm, I'm sensing your aura that something's not right with you. Right. And that that's exactly right. And some people, are more sensitive to auras and some people their aura is stronger and they give off a little more. So it's just like radio signals that your body's tuning into. Yeah. Um, but Gaia, the, the website Gaia had a thing on how to read auras for beginners. So I thought this would be interesting. Um, the first one is notice energy. It says before we can fully develop our ability to see auras, we must first become aware of how energy feels in our body. Next time you are with a friend, pay attention to how you feel in their presence. So exactly what we were just talking about. Notice that energy and see how it affects you. Um, the, the second one is auras are easier to see from the periphery. Um, they said it's weird, but it is true. We're rarely able to see an aura as we are biological machines processing and filtering out so much information. So too is our direct vision affected by the light the lightning speed editing of our brains to begin seeing the aura gaze at one spot for 30 to 60 seconds and allow your gaze to soften. Notice those objects just outside of your direct sight to further develop your periphery vision. 
while mastering your gaze, there is no need to strain or stress for that will only trigger anxiety in the brain. Breathe normally while practicing this soft focus vision. So develop your peripheral vision is what it's saying. Mm-hmm. Um, That's how you also third, see shadow people too. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> uh, most things happen in the periphery of our vision. And I think that's because most things happen in the periphery period, the periphery of our realm, the periphery of our dimension, the periphery of our vision. A lot of things happen in the periphery and we're too fighter pilot focused on the things in front of us and we don't see it. You know, that that's where that opening yourself up comes in. You've got to not only open your mind up, but you've got to open your vision up to see what's in the periphery. And that, that brings me to a, um, a, uh, something that came up when we were researching, um, the fey folk that the fey and fairies dwell in the in between. You remember that? Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, 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 there's something about what you just said that when, when we're, when we're, focus straight ahead at whatever we're doing our goal our the task at hand we're blinded to the things that are in our periphery or in the in-between and there there appears to be so much about what adam and i discuss on this show that occurs like he said in the periphery in the in-between and that Mm -hmm. until you have developed the ability to tune out what's directly in front of you and and gain some vision in the periphery you you won't see it you won't nope. notice it and so that that kind of always makes me wonder do people just they they disbelieve so much of what they don't understand because everybody is so focused on what the next thing is that's coming up in front of them instead of stepping back and and kind of looking just looking out the sides and just subtly paying attention to what's around them as opposed to what's directly in front of them. And I think psychic ability falls directly in that. Oh, sure. You know, you, you, you've got somebody that is, is exhibiting some kind of ability. You can't see it. And, And that may, that person may even be yourself because you can't open up to the periphery. Right. And I I think you're absolutely right with that. We're so focused on our day to day, everything that we don't allow the periphery in. And, you know, I try to I try to do that when like Ashley and Michael and I go out hiking or whatever. I try to, you know, it's the being aware of your surroundings, but not focusing intently on everything that's happening, just kind of taking it in. Yeah. And it's kind of how I relax in a way, you know, it's just, it's kind of like turning the volume down, but you know, when you're, when you're driving and you're searching for a house and for some reason you have to turn the radio down so you can hear the street (laughs) calling your name. I do it every time. I know me too. So why is that? Well, that's so you're not focused on it and you can kind of open up and see more. And that's, kind of how I feel when you when you're wanting to do something like this you've got to turn the volume down on life a little bit mm-hmm. you know and, Boy, that and is, do that, that is a good analogy I like that and and, and it, I think it'll help more people if we can just do that 
You know, if you out there in radio land or, or podcast land uh, <laughs> want to try it, I, I think it will help you, you know, turn the volume down on life a little bit and pay attention to what's in your periphery. Pay attention to the subtleness that's happening around you and the the subtle quote colors or energy that's coming off of people and you may find out that you're better at this aura reading thing than matter i think is possible um but one of the things they say in gaia is to first try to do this with plants because they say plants can give off an aura as well they're a living being so they will give off an aura so try it with plants first but then when you move on to people um obviously it says get their permission first i mean it would be weird just to start staring at somebody and or or staring you know. off to the side at somebody yeah exactly that's and that's kind of where this goes is <laughs> it says ask them to stand 14 to 18 inches in front of you against a neutral wall look at the wall not at your friend to sense the field so if you got like man if i've got you standing up in front of me but i'm staring off to your right shoulder a little bit and not saying anything mm-hmm. to you That'd be a little weird. Yeah. That you guy's know, looking you at me, but he's not looking doing. at me. Yeah, right. I wish he's that guy would quit of, looking at me. He's not looking yeah, at me. I wish, wish that, would, that guy would quit not looking at me. <laughs> um, they said you can do self-practice, so you can do it basically to yourself in a mirror um, to see if you can read your own aura. Um, that's apparently harder than reading someone else's aura, but... Um, you know, it is like Matt and I said that it's a thing of gathering awareness of what's happening around you, but not focusing on it. Um, so give it a shot. And let us know uh, if that works for you. Now, the last little thing we want to talk about here that we want to touch on is mediumship. Um, this is one of the big psychic abilities that matt and i are are very much into yeah um now mediumship uh you know there's a lot of mediums out there who have become famous um for their quote abilities Uh, one of these people is james van prague he's a psychic medium you've seen him on tv Mm -hmm. you see a picture of him you'll know who it is um now he's got a website out there that i got some of this from now i'm a little sketchy on him but i'll get into that in a minute um he says everyone is psychic to some degree which matt and i have said um he said if you think about it you can recall times when you knew who was calling before you picked up the phone or when you were driving and had a sense of an upcoming hazard before you could see it or when an uncanny sense that your child was sick or in trouble you ever been uh you ever had a song just kind of rolling around in your head for some reason and you turn on the radio and it's on. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Isn't that weird? It's weird. It's weird. Yeah. yeah. Um, you might be psychic. Yeah. And you might be psychic <laughs> if. Uh, hold, that's coming up, man. That's coming up. Hold on. <laughs> um, he says, we are all born with psychic ability if we choose to pay attention to it. So again, just like Matt and I have been saying for quite a while, several episodes, probably several years now. Um, but he said, mediumistic skills take a little work um, to develop over just that inherent psychic ability that we have. And he said certain individuals are more prone to mediumship than others. 
So he said, what's the difference between a psychic and a medium? Well, a medium is a psychic who has fine-tuned his or her extrasensory perception and can interface with the spirits in other dimensions. So they are able to feel and or hear thoughts, voices, or mental impressions from the spirit world. Um, A medium reads the messages of the spirits in the afterlife. And this medium, or this means the reader will just transmit to the sitter the messages or signals from the spiritual world. Now, here's where he loses me a little bit. Mr. Van Prague goes into talking about how this happens, and he says the medium has to raise their vibrations, and the spirit has to lower their vibrations, and they have to meet in the middle, and that's why it's called a medium. Mm. Okay. Here's my problem, though, is any time I hear people talking about changing your vibrational energies, you start to lose me a little bit. And that may be just me. That may be a personal thing that I have, but I don't like it put that way because that's been used too often in mumbo jumbo BS that we know is fake. Right. And when somebody who claims to be a legitimate psychic or a legitimate medium starts explaining it in that way, I'm like, hold on. You know, are you legit or are you just focusing on the new age terminology of this too much? So take that with a grain of salt. It may be just a little bit of my bias that is causing me to feel that way. But that's how I feel. And this is a safe space and I feel like sharing. Um, so. Let's get into this is my favorite list of the evening, Matt, and and I think we will all enjoy this one. This is 21 signs that you're a medium. <laughs> okay. Um, th- this list reminds me so much of our werewolf list and our vampire list. All right. Um, this is, I'm going to love this. You're going to love it. Um, because according to this list, Matt... You're a medium. I'm a medium. Michael's a medium. Ashley's a medium. Actually, Amanda's uh, a medium. Everybody's I, I, a medium. I used to be a medium. I'm, You're I'm, an extra I'm large t- now? <laughs> <laughs> I stepped on my joke. <laughs> Sorry. I wish. I, I wish I was an extra large. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a 2X now, so okay. Yeah. Well, I'm catching up to you, brother. I'm, <laughs> I'm hitting that extra large stage. Uh-huh. I feel you. Yeah. Well, I went from a medium shirt to now I'm like pushing a lot. I don't know. I'm like, fat. I, Sorry. I buy. I buy into the fact that clothes manufacturers they they routinely just start making their clothes smaller. And it they, has to be yeah, right. Because why? Why could I wear this shirt? This shirt, this uh, this particular size fit me perfectly last year. <laughs> it's the right. same shirt, you know. Right. Exactly. Yeah, they're just making them smaller these days. I, I think Matt, you you really are a psychic, and you're picking up on their crap. That's right. So. That's right. <laughs> All right. So the first sign is you've always had an interest and belief in the paranormal. Okay. Um, you can walk into a room and feel pressure, heat, heaviness, or emotions. Matt, you're feeling some heat over there. Are you psychic? I, I, I'm seeing something out of my periphery. Yeah. <laughs> See, you might be. I might be. Um, it says you recall seeing or sensing spirits as a child or no relatives who have. 
So if you know relatives who have, how does that make you a medium? That's right. <laughs> I mean, I <laughs> okay. I know somebody that's smart, so I must be smart. See? Exactly. <laughs> I, I know somebody who, I got a friend who has a friend who's smart. Um, says you had an unexplainable fear of the dark, either as a child or now. Yeah. So, most again, kids. All everybody. Kids, really. Yeah, I think I would think I would think more more strangely of a child that didn't at some point. Right. Right. If you never had a fear of the dark, you could just always sit in the dark. Maybe you are a medium at that point because, you know, there's nothing to fear because they're your friends. Yeah, that's right. I don't know. Seems like a weird list to me, but we're going to keep going. Um, Says you have an active dream life, including vivid nightmares or lucid dreams. Okay. Uh, again, I, I, me. Okay, you are woken up at night frequently and or generally don't sleep well. That's most people. Yeah, except me. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I, can, I can pretty much sleep at any given any <laughs> given time. Well, that's that may be I, my psychic ability is that I can uh, yeah I can sleep on command. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I can fall asleep, but like this says, I frequently wake up. So I can fall asleep any point during the day if you want me to. Um, it says you've had that weird, creepy feeling in old buildings, cemeteries, or in places of trauma. <laughs> Seriously? Yep. Hey, we're all mediums, guys. See, exactly. Or, or we all could be. That's kind of, that, that's, a, that's a stretch. What, I mean, See? is that not everybody? Yeah, right. You go into an old building, a creepy place, a cemetery, or a place that had trauma. So basically, they just listed every place that you might get a weird, creepy feeling. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ah, I love these lists. Um, You've seen things out of the corner of your eye. White smoke, sparkles, shadows, or figures. So, everybody, again... Yeah, at some point, I, mean, I think. I don't know how this I don't know how this list is supposed to pinpoint it down to one type of person. Um someone close to you has died and you've had experiences have been experiencing a lot of odd things. That's very general. How many Matt, how many that, of these do you have to match? <laughs> I I don't know. It never told me that. That's the problem. I'm it just says here's Here's some signs you might be a medium. Matt, I think 99% of the, the world is matching a lot of these. Yeah. You, you are, you're currently alive. <laughs> yeah. You you're, breathe on a regular basis. You've ever purchased a consumer product. Yeah. Have you ever <laughs> urinated? You might be a medium if you've ever urinated. If you've ever woken up at night and had to go pee-pee, yeah. you might be a medium. Um. This says you hear voices and have convinced yourself it's nagging thoughts, overactive imagination, or things you just made up. Yeah. Okay. Now this one. Now I've, I've I think everybody has at some point heard a voice. Yeah. You know, and and not been able to get past it. You know yeah. where it's like. <laughs> Yeah, you and I have both talked about it. I've heard my name, and we've talked about it. Yeah, we've talked about it on the show where, you know, I've heard my name m- multiple times, you know, but um, 
if you if you dig into that one a little bit deeper, you know, there's there's a lot more on that, you know, that um if if you could have some kind of psychic ability that it it could be a spirit um reaching out to you from the other side and you know somebody mm-hmm. that that obviously knows your name, you know, or right. you know, in my case is hung around me for 10 minutes and heard somebody mm-hmm. called called me my name. <laughs> oh, yep. that must be his name. Let's whisper let's whisper it to him. knows your name. We're going to whisper this guy's name and freak him out. <laughs> yeah. And see, that's the thing. You got to worry about the tricksters. That's right. Um, so this next one is funny to me. You've pretended conversations with animals, cats, dogs, or wildlife. <laughs> In parentheses, these are not pretend with a big exclamation point. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Boone and Bella, they have a voice. And they we have full-on conversations with everybody and and they they have a voice they they have they have their own dialect they have their own way of talking and so has every dog i've ever owned and and now the uh the bearded dragon um has started to talk as well and has has her own voice so <laughs> yeah they come out of you though that's the problem <laughs> yeah uh, but it's their own, it's their voice though that's right. how they talk well, and I I feel like, you know, cats, dogs, wildlife and stuff, they do communicate to us. But what, you know, most of us don't understand that. But what gets me is you've pretended these conversations and then in parentheses, they are not pretend. Yeah. But I mean, we're joking about it. But on this note, we may have something special coming up for y'all pretty soon on this topic. Uh, that's so, right. That's right. Stick around for that. We're joking, but you know how we are. We joke about everything. Well, we we, um, we love our animals too. So yeah, we do. Uh, huge animal people here in the graveyard. Um, the next one is you've been getting bad anxiety out of nowhere, having a hard time breathing. That just seems like a medical issue you need to see about. Um, <laughs> you hear strange noises in other rooms when no one else is there or at home. Yeah, everybody. Yep. Um, you don't like to be alone, especially at night. Most everybody. Um, most everybody, yep. You felt watched. Most everybody. Yeah. You or someone you're related to has pointed out spirits or paranormal experiences they've had. <laughs> Matt, I think we're we're more psychic yeah. than we oh, know. Yeah, because that's right. One of the cool things I like about doing this show is everybody you talk to has some experience like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt and I were actually together talking to a group of people that my mom knew, and more of them came out saying that they had paranormal experiences than I would have ever thought. Yeah. And it's simply because they they found out what Matt and I did, and they're like, oh, hey, these guys won't judge me, you know, and so they yeah. opened up. That's right. It's um, it's amazing how many people have these experiences, and they don't tell anybody about them because they're afraid of someone judging them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, so that just amazes me. That's one of the things as a tangent about what I find great about doing this show is that I get to hear these stories from these people that they wouldn't normally tell anybody else. It's great. Um. 
you've had paranormal experiences yourself that you can't explain. Okay. That's not everybody, but it's a lot of you people. Know, a lot of people. Electronics, appliances, lights, and TVs all tend to go out or flicker around you. Now, this is a problem that I have legitimately had for years is that electronics do not like me and they don't like to work around me. I can be at the grocery store and the register is working fine for everybody in front of me. I get up there and there's a glitch. The credit card reader starts messing up mm-hmm. something. Yeah. I just thought technology hated me, but maybe I'm a psychic. Mine's copy machine. Yeah. Yeah. So you just, if, you're. If, so if, if you need your copy machine to jam up or something, then mm-hmm. just tell me to go over and make a copy on it and it will do it. I swear. I used to know when Matt was real close to getting to the house because I'd be trying to print out show notes and my printer would stop working. <laughs> yeah, me, yeah, printers, me and printers don't get along very well ever. <laughs> so this next one is weird to me, um, as if the rest of these yeah, haven't they, been weird. Uh, but this uh, is uh, weird. The other ones we've done are perfectly normal. Yep. You have a habit of delivering spirit smackdowns. Profound, lengthy manifestos, <laughs> right? Profound, lengthy manifestos to others. Then after the words leave your mouth, you have no idea where the information came from. Spirit Smackdowns. Yeah, that's right. If- that's going to be my new TV show. Spirit Smackdown. Wrestling with your inner demons. <laughs> Yo if there's mama any producers is such a fat there, ghost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, if any producers out there want to get in touch with Matt about our new TV show, Spirit Smackdown, Spirit wrestling Smackdown. with your inner yeah. inner demons, we would love to talk to you. Um, uh, this yeah. says you've developed a nervous twitch and it's getting worse. That ties into this last one. You've taken prescription pills, drugs, alcohol, or dosed, doused in essential oils to avoid any of the above. Mm. So... Those were fun. We've had a little bit of fun with the, um, you might be a medium if. Yeah. Um, but they're, they're interesting. It, you yeah, know, very. That we joke about it because that's how we are, but they, I mean, some of those things might be a little bit, you know, have a little legitimacy to them. Yeah. And so I think more people have had experiences with psychics and mediums than they probably let on. I mean, you know, you, you're on vacation and there's, you know, a, a, a fortune teller or you have your palm read and may, maybe they maybe they hit hit a nerve. Maybe they say something that you're like, wow, how'd they know that? Um, maybe they're just maybe they're just real. They have a really, you know, good eye, um, you know, a, a high sense of perception so that they can read what you're responding to as they talk to make inferences about you or about something in your life, you know, but, um, this story right here that I found, um, it's pretty good. I, 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 of the ones I read, this was one of the best ones. Um, this, this story was taken, uh, from a member of the Huffington post newsroom. And it was published by uh, Antonia Bloomberg in February of 2016, where they essentially just asked members of the newsroom to anonymously submit their experiences with psychics or mediums. And so 
this was the one that I picked, and and this this was um this was entitled "Neckties in the Closet." So I'm just I'm just going to read this story. So I'm quoting this. Like I said, it was um, published um, on HuffingtonPost.com. A year and a, a year and a half or two years after my father died, I interviewed a medium for a story. After the interview, we had lunch, and he asked if I wanted a reading. I agreed and told him that, for the most part, I wasn't going to confirm or deny anything he said. I didn't tell him about my father dying, although he was somewhat of a public figure, so he was definitely uh, Googleable. As he began the reading, he told me that a short, chubby woman with red hair was there, and she kept saying, Ethel, Ethel. My grandma was a short, chubby woman woman with red hair that looked woman. a woman. <laughs> Where did that come from? I don't oh, know, cow. but I liked it. Uh, <laughs> the women's. <laughs> Bring me the women's. <laughs> there was a women's there. <laughs> oh, man. We've totally just stomped on this story. It is late. I'm it's late at night. We're all wrapped this up, but um, <laughs> but this he said that he said his 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 grandma was a short chubby woman with red hair who looked just like Ethel Merman. So a bit further into the reading, the medium said, "There's a man with Ethel, and he has a message for you. He wants you to tell Ruth that he loves her." Now, little did the medium know that my mom and dad had been married for thirty five years when my dad died and they were the most madly in love people I've ever met or that my mom's middle name is Ruth and he always called her Ruthie and he was the only one. Everyone else called her by her first name. I was shocked with the hairs on my neck already standing on end. The medium said, there's more. He wants you to tell her that she can get rid of his neckties now. Does that make sense? I was stunned. I responded, yes. Even though it's been quite some time since he died, she hasn't been able to bring herself to get rid of his clothes yet. I called my mom after reading after the reading and told her what the medium had said about my father, supposedly, saying that he loved her. She was crying, and she said, oh, and she was crying when I said, Oh, and you still haven't gotten rid of his clothes, have you? She said, well, actually, I didn't tell you, but I finally cleaned out his closets and took everything to Goodwill two weeks ago. I said, that's so weird. The medium said that dad said you could get rid of his neckties now. It was time. My mom began to cry even harder and said, the only thing that I kept was his neckties. They're still in his closet. He said there was no way for the medium to have known that. He said, I didn't even know that. So um, it's a a pretty pretty interesting story. Um, You know, it is a little anecdotal. um, But, you know, if the Huffington Post was willing to post it. So somebody must have put some time in to write that story. And I would imagine they had an experience like that. Um, Sure. And I think... A lot of people that have that have gone to a medium um, to to have a reading, um, they've had maybe a, a similar experience. You know, an, an emotional response to um, 
a message from a loved one beyond, whether it be a parent or a grandparent or a child. But um, this this kind of leads in to some of the things that uh, that Randy is going to talk about in our interview mm-hmm. and and doing personal readings. And, and we kind of get into a brief discussion about that and and how it plays into the validity of of a medium. So uh, Adam and I, we, we've known Randy now for um, just right, a, right about a year. Yep. Um, we've had several conversations with him. Um, every time we sit down with him, it is just, we, we feel like we could just talk for hours. He is such an interesting uh, person. Um, he has such a unique story. And that's why we wanted him to come on and, and share a little bit about what he does. And um, if you were at our live event, you, you got to see and meet Randy. Um, if not, I think you're in for a treat. Um, but he's going to talk a little bit about what Adam and I have been discussing with uh, psychic ability and mediumship. Right. So we hope you enjoy this interview that we did with Randy. We will come back right after the interview and say goodbye to y'all. So here is our interview with Randy. All right, everybody. So we're here talking to our good buddy, Randy, from Paranormal Road and EVP Mediums. And we told y'all we'd have a good episode this week, and this is why we get to talk to our good buddy. Um, So as some of y'all may know, uh, Randy is a medium, and... He goes on paranormal investigations and everything like that. And we actually spoke with Randy at our live event that we did. Matt, was it last year? Last October, yeah. Okay. And man, time gets away from me. So I know. So we've got um we got a few questions for you, Randy, and then we'll just chat. Um so as I said, Randy is a medium, so one of my biggest questions that I want to know from everybody that has these abilities is when did you first learn that you had the abilities? Was it something you knew from the time you had self-awareness or was it something that you kind of had to grow into? Well, Adam, my story's a little odd for those who can't see me. I'm not a young dude. I'm an old dude. And None of this really kicked in or made sense until about, I'd say, four years ago. And when I say kicked in, it was something that I had weird experiences that I just kind of brushed off as strange coincidence. Until um, Dave, who's the founder of EVP Mediums, asked me to go on an investigation with him. He'd been doing EVPs off and on and never videoing any of them. He asked me to go and do his video work. I said, sure, no problem. So he, uh, he hooked me up with a camera the day before. And for some odd, strange reason that night, I started having strange dreams and seeing a house. So on the way to this investigation, I, I was kind of odd. I kept seeing this house over and over and over. Dave says to me, what the hell's going on with you? He said, you're acting strange. You're not saying anything. And I said, Dave, I know this sounds odd, but I think I know where we're going. And he says, well, I don't know how you know. I didn't tell you. I said, I don't know how I know either, but I kept seeing this house in my head all night long. 
and we're driving down the highway and I told him, and you're going to get off at the next exit. He says, how do you know we're getting off to the next exit? <laughs> I said, I'm just telling you, we're getting off the next exit. So sure enough, we get off the next exit. I tell him, okay, you're going to turn left. The house is down the block about halfway on the right-hand side. And sure enough, there it was. And I described the house to him, tell him all what's going on with it, told him what the inside of the house looked like, and that started it. We walked in the door of the house, never having ever been there before. And I'm three feet into the living room, which I already knew exactly what it looked like. And tears just started rushing out of my face. Just, and it wasn't me. And I, I'm standing there like a total shock. Like, what the hell am I crying for? And it took a few minutes to figure out that the emotion and the tears were not mine. That they were actually from a spirit that was in the house. Wow. And it just kind of, at that moment, took off. I started seeing the spirit that was channeling through me. I started feeling times and eras and what was going on in the house. And I guess you'd say that was just part of my whole experience. It shocked the hell out of me. And from that point on it just kept going and going and it would go from just emotions and, and being able to pick up on things that were going on. And it, it, it did go crazy there for a while. So I guess that's when it all started. Not until we did a documentary with the local college students where they followed us around for a summer that I really realized that I've had this for a long time. I didn't realize it. And it was because they interviewed my older sister and she lives in Florida. And they asked her the question, do you believe in your brother and what he does? And her answer was, absolutely. She said, when he was growing up, we had a real problem with taking him places because he would say he saw people in empty buildings or if we went by a cemetery, he would say he saw people there. Wow. And when she brought that up, I started to remember it. It's like, yeah, I do remember that. So I guess it was just one of those things where I never really realized it. And then as I got older, you know, I basically grew up in my teenage years were in the 70s. It's like, you're not going to talk about this in the 70s. My God, everyone would think I was, you know, drugged out. And <laughs> didn't sure. Know what was going on. So. I just kind of let it roll off as strangeness. So now that I've figured out what it is, and I guess you'd say I'm honing my skills, now I know what it's all about and only wish I had known earlier. So you had you had experienced it, but just hadn't embraced it or, or fully understood it. For the majority of your life, right? Is that, that that's what I'm understanding? Right, right. I mean, there were things that happened throughout my life. Um, one that I particularly remember and felt horrible about was when I was in high school. There was um, some friends of mine, and there was a girl that she was so naive, but her family had a lot of money, and they always bought her nice, fancy cars, and everyone took advantage and wanted to borrow her car. 
And I told her one one day at school, do not let these people use your car because some kids wanted to borrow her car. And she kept saying, well, why? They've used it before. I said, no, I just get a bad feeling about it. And she didn't listen to me and let them use that car. And they were in a horrible accident and all but one died. Wow. Good night. And it was just that horrible gut feeling that, no, you shouldn't do this. It's not a good thing. So that that really stuck out only because, you know, they were classmates and, and here we lost three of the four. So, wow. I mean, that, things like that have kind of stuck out. And like I tell people who ask me, I mean, there's probably not a question that hasn't been asked of me <laughs> that when you get a, a gut feeling, you really need to follow it because our bodies are amazing and they, they are warning us of things. That so, so, um, Oh, I'm sorry, Adam. I didn't mean to step on you there, but oh, go for it. But that, I had thought about that earlier today because we, we have so many listeners that will send us communications that say they had an experience in their life where they had what, they would term a premonition and, and almost always it's about a negative event. So I I guess what I'm, what I'm getting at is that would, that would be what I would consider a premonition. You know, no, no, no spirit was communicating to you, at least that you were aware of to say that this was a bad situation, but yet you, you had that, that feeling and I'm just curious, you know, if, if we're thinking, I think everybody has at some point in time said, I, I've got a bad feeling about this. And maybe they never took it to the next step and said, I'm going to actually avoid this. You know, so what, what would be the difference, Randy? I mean, I'm sure you've, you've had a bad feeling about something and then you've had something that told you, okay. This is the real deal. Don't do this. What what makes you feel like one one is is more than the other or can you tell? I believe everybody has the ability to tap in, so to speak, but it is very difficult to tell. I mean, Dave will tell you how I was when I first figured all this out. When you know, after that first investigation where all this broke loose, I was a basket case. I didn't, I couldn't tell from one thing to the next, you know, if it was spirit or it wasn't spirit or what was going on, but it is hard to tell. And there are, you know, those gut feelings that everybody has. And then there's, I guess you'd say an elaboration of that gut feeling. And the elaboration is where you're really tapping into it and pulling more from it. That isn't necessarily something that is spirit communication so much as the psychic end of it, where you can just, it starts to play out in your head. So it would be like that basically the difference would be intuition is you get that feeling, oh, don't do that. But like the psychic end of it would be don't do that because... And you get like an interpretation of that feeling or 
you know, you, you feel like it's more directed or pointed at you rather than just a general, this is not a good idea. Right. Right. Exactly. Uh, Cause I've, I've come across that in our research for, you know, psychic abilities and, and mediumship and all that. What they say a lot of times is, and Matt and I talked about this on the last show that more people have it than they want to admit or they realize, but usually the gut feelings or that little quote voice in the back of your head is not necessarily just your inner conscience, but it may be a, a spirit guide or you tapping into, you know, an ancestor or something like that. And it's something you need to pay more attention to. Absolutely. And that's, we talk about those sort of things in lectures. People will say, well, you know, I had a feeling that when I had my car accident, that I had a family member tell me that this was going to happen, you know, and it turns out like, you know, it was a dead family member. So, or they've said, you know, I was knocked unconscious. And while I was unconscious, I saw a family member telling me to get out of the car, get out of the situation. So there are, there are certain things that are spirit driven and some people have the ability to tap into that and others don't. We all have the ability to listen to our body and, and, and know what your feeling is, but whether or not you have the, the quote gift to be able to take it further and know what's going to happen. So one of the other questions that we had is like, since you found that you have this ability, mm-hmm. um, has, has it caused any issues in your everyday life? Not the, you know, paranormal investigation side or when you're intending to draw upon something, but, you know, say you're at work and, you know, does it come across that way can you receive things that are a hindrance basically um yeah it has i mean i guess maybe that stuff happened to me before and i didn't really know what what it was but since i know what it is it has happened quite a bit i i guess you'd say i have more control over it now in the beginning i did not And there were times that I was confused as to why I was feeling things or why I was seeing things or, or, okay, what, what the hell does this spirit want from me? But it has happened. It's happened at my current job and it happened at my previous job where my previous job was, I wasn't there very long at all. And I'm in their warehouse and there's a spirit following me around and it's pacing the floor and wrenching its, you know, hands on its head and just like total confusion. And finally there was somebody at work that I trusted enough to say something to that wasn't going to call me crazy and get me fired. Right. And when I mentioned what I saw and what they looked like, they immediately went to the office, brought a picture back and showed it to me. And it happened to be the original owner of the business that had passed away. Oh, wow. Hmm. That spirit was very unhappy at the way the business was being run because they prided themselves on made in America and the warehouse was full of Japanese stuff. 
Ah. So it of, to me, made sense why the spirit was so upset and pacing back and forth and being, you know, the way he was about it. That happened at that job, my previous job. The same sort of thing happened only a weekend. The spirit following me around and kind of tormenting me and talking. I, I don't want to use the term talking, but conveying to me that they had died in some sort of an RTV motorcycle type accident. So again, I found someone that I felt comfortable talking to about it, mentioned it to to them. They went to an employee who had been there for several years and said, Oh my God, that sounds like the owner's son. He was killed in a motorcycle accident. Hmm. So, I mean, those sort of things have happened until you learn to control that, that will happen to you everywhere you go. I can, you can go into a grocery store or a restaurant or anywhere. And if there's a spirit in there that wants to get your attention, they're going to try. So, I mean, I just have to kind of block it out. There's times when it's like, okay, you know, this is my time. I'm trying to eat dinner. Right. Let's, you know, if, if it's that important, you know, Hey, catch me on the sidewalk on the way out, but let me get through this. So yeah, it, it can. I mean, I had to actually go talk to other mediums about how to ground myself and how to stop spirit from communicating with me all night. I would lay my head down at night and here's, you know, spirit in my head trying to tell me something. So it, it, it can be, you know, people call it a gift. And sometimes I sort of think maybe not so much. Matt, maybe those voices I hear are spirits and not just me going insane. <laughs> maybe so. Hone your skills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Randy, oh, man, just everything you just said just brings up so many. It, it just it goes right into what, you know, the heart of what we want to talk about. And it just brings up. So many more follow-up questions I've tried to formulate. How, how can I, I, I'm just, I'm either going to bombard you with a bunch of questions or I'm going to, I'm going to ask one that's got so many parts, but, um, with, with one thing I'm, I'm curious is if you, if you feel that are, are these spirits, are they, are they doing this all the time and people just, they they don't tune out the noise and they don't notice it or does does a medium or or someone that ha- that's in tune with this enter that environment and all of a sudden they say bam it's like it's like an antenna and they're like there's someone that can hear I was going to ask the same thing yeah. And I probably would have gotten to it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it, it does happen. And I actually, we, we just had an investigation this last weekend. And when we started interviewing the client and she started talking to me and telling me experiences that she was having, I started questioning her further back in her life. I said, okay, let's drop what's going on right now. And let's start going further back into your life. And the more she told me, the more I realized she was gifted and she didn't understand it. She was more scared by it than anything. She was 
and she's not a, a young girl. She's probably in her 50s. And this has been going on her whole life. And when she started describing things that were happening and things she was seeing and feeling, they were way too similar to what I feel very regularly. So I started questioning her about how she handles it and what she believed to the point that I just finally told her, you have, you do have a lot of spirit activity in your house right now. I, I, I'm bombarded with spirit in your house, but you are, are basically standing at the front door with it open and letting them all in because you are, are like a beacon to them. They know that you are vulnerable and they only have certain people that they can communicate to or try to communicate to. And you happen to be the lucky recipient and you've got a house full. So it can happen. And as soon as you start to open yourself up spiritually and you start to hone your skills, it's almost like spirits are knocking on your door. They want to tell you their story or they want you to communicate something to someone. I mean, I guess I, I stop me if I keep getting into too many, you know, situations that we've experienced, but a particular case that, that I took on my own by myself was to do a reading on, on a husband and wife. After getting to their home, I determined that they had just lost a son through a bad accident. And it was a bad, bad situation because I had to sit across from the husband and wife who had just lost their son a month ago and tell them, your son has been with me all week. Wow. Just, just through the original phone call from her, her son's spirit came to me every evening that week. And I had to tell them that the accident that he was killed in was not because the driver of the car that killed him was horribly at fault. They were so bitter about this that they wanted this young man that killed him. They wanted him in prison for life. They just, you know, he's a horrible person. He was a drug addict. But what they didn't know that I told them was their son knew this kid. And their son on a motorcycle was goofing around and the kid was in a car. And they were both horsing around and it was just goofing off gone wrong. And it happened to kill the young man on the motorcycle, which was their son. Jeez. They were holding it against him because he had a history of heroin or he had gone through rehab. He was rehabbing and was doing well. They just weren't accepting that whole fact to the point that the husband threw me out of the house. He's like, I'm not accepting this. You, you know, you're an ass. You've got to go. Oh, wow. All week after that, the son's spirit is begging me to go back and try to convince his parents to forgive the young man that killed him. 
and they were not, they would not speak to me. I could not get back to them. And it took me probably two weeks to finally shake the spirit and say, look, I, I did my best. I, I can't get your family to forgive him. Only we can hope that, you know, a higher power can get them to forgive him. But it was, it was very sad. And yes, the spirits can come to you at any time if they want to. You know, and I, I think in those situations, when, when people are unable to accept what they're hearing and, and they get angry at it, 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 it all goes to the, the TV shows of your grandmother loves you and says she's happy for you and she's doing well. I mean, you, you hear that kind of mm-hmm. mumbo jumbo so much. And I was like, Oh, I had this reading and I just have all this peace and everything. Cause you don't hear the stories of like what you just told. Yeah. I, I don't get the good ones. <laughs> Nelly, I, I get a lot of, you know, sad stuff where I have to be the bearer of bad news, but I do get the good stuff once in a while, but yeah, it, it is, it's hard. That's why I don't like to do readings. A lot of, a lot of mediums have this, you know, business where they, they do readings constantly i only do it if i get a real connection with the client and that particular client there was desperation in her voice and i for days i I kept turning her down in the beginning and for days between her son spirit and her desperation of emails and phone calls did i even go but I don't like to do readings. I don't like to sit across the table from someone and they come to me wanting to hear happy news and the spirit that comes through is not the happy spirit they wanted to hear from. It's the the grumpy old uncle or the ex-husband or somebody that comes through and wants to tell them stuff they don't want to hear. So that, I don't like that. I, you know, and plus I don't want to sit across the table and cry with somebody. I'd rather, I'd rather be right. Happy. Yeah. <laughs> well, then, uh, you know, not to make this about me at all, but you saying sitting across from somebody and doing readings, um, Randy, you and I have talked about uh, me learning tarot and all that stuff. And I think for me, that's one of the, the harder parts is doing it. I always get worried that whatever comes up is not going to be good or it's not going to be what somebody wants to hear. And so I get a little concerned before doing it. You know, it's like, I don't want to do it for certain people or I'm like, well, let me, let me go in the other room and I'll get back to you. Cause like, you know, (laughs) let me, let me consult the cards to see if I need to do this reading at all. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Wait a minute. We need to shuffle them again. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly. So I get you on that. I don't, you know, I will never claim to have any type of mediumship abilities because I don't, but I understand with the the tarot thing that it, it it's not always fun to deliver something to somebody because it's not what they want to hear. Um, and it may not be the best thing in the world. It may not be healing, but I honestly think like Matt was saying, those that you hear where it's like, Oh, you know, Grandma Bessie, she's doing great. She's standing over my shoulder, patting me on the head, saying you're good. 
those really aren't the majority of what you're going to get. You know, real life is not always like that. So I think the ones you get seem to be more like what it would be. Somebody in desperation trying to get a hold of somebody or to pass along some kind of message, maybe not what they want to hear, but in the long run, it may be peace for them. Right. Right. I mean, I, and I think that, that kind of, Oh, sorry. I I think that kind of, you guys may agree or disagree, but that to me, that kind of serves as validation. If, if I don't want to be that guy, that has to tell somebody negative information that I'm, I'm getting from a spirit and I'm going to do it anyway. Wouldn't, what, what gain is it of me unless I'm a sadist <laughs> to, to share this kind of information? So, you know, if, if it's all positive all the time and everybody's doing well in the spirit world, that seems like it's, it's just a big joke or a hustle. Right. But if you're just going, I'm going to tell you the truth, it may not be what you want to hear. Um, that that makes it more valid, it, at least in my opinion. It, you're right. I mean, I like I said, I, I'm not a fan of doing readings, but I have. And sometimes when I start off with the reading, I will tell people you may not hear what you want to hear and the spirits that are coming through may not be the spirits you want to come through. And I will share with you what I feel you need to know. Now I've had controversy on that. I've had people say, well, that's not good. That's not right for you to do that. Well, I have my own take on it where I feel if I see something or get a communication from a spirit, that is going to interrupt the person that I'm doing the reading with's journey in life, that it's going to keep them from experiencing something that they needed to experience to make them stronger on their journey, I'm not going to tell them. Now, if it's life-threatening or I think they're going to, you know, be in an accident or a loved one's going to get hurt or something like that, then I'll, I'll share what they need to know. But if it's just a little bump in the road, I'm not going to tell them because they need to experience that bump on their journey through life. So, I mean, that's, that's my feeling. I've had people sit across from me and I, I know that they're, headed for divorce or headed for disaster or that they're, you know, cheating on their spouse or whatever. But that's not what they came to me for. And that's something they are going to have to experience in their life. So to me, that's just, you know, that's just one of the things that comes across to you. Now, if a loved one spirit comes in and tells me the good stuff, like, oh, you know, I'm doing fine. Please don't worry. Yeah, I'll share that with them. Because that, like you said, Matt, is going to give them closure. And it's right. going to, you know, you're, you're actually confirming a feeling. And I'll share that. If there's something, you know, somewhat negative but not horrible, yeah, I'll share that too. But, you know, I, it, it's not easy to, to determine 
what to discuss with somebody and what not to discuss with them. And, you know, I, as a medium, feel I have to do that. I'm not going to just go in there and, you know, <laughs> tear them up over it. Right. So, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm completely on board with, with what you're saying. And, um, it, it just, it just makes sense. You know, you, you, you put yourself in that situation enough and you realize, man, the, this is going to suck more than it's really, it's really great and heartwarming. But, um, I want to change direction a little bit because, um, we've had, we've had so many conversations with, with Randy and with David and Adam and I can, can go on with them forever. And we want to kind of, kind of narrow this down for our listeners um, (laughs) instead of just listening to a a three hour conversation between Randy and Adam and myself, because that, that'll happen every time. Um, But, but one thing that we, we have discussed and, and you touched on it earlier, Randy, but we have discussed in our, our previous episode uh, on telekinesis is if these psychic abilities are where you can you can find that focus and find that that way to as you mentioned hone your skill where maybe you aren't sure or maybe something has happened and you're thinking well maybe i have something and i'm i'm going to i'm going to try to develop it but as Adam and I have touched on, there's a lot of people that believe everyone can do this if they just know how to do it. So uh, we wanted you to kind of give us your take on that. Is is our psychic abilities, you know, small or large, something that maybe everyone has the opportunity to tap into or, or is it truly uh, a, a gift that just a few people get? Well, as much as I'd like to own it and say I'm special, I'm not. (laughs) And I think a lot of people do have the ability, probably a lot more than realize. And that is something else we do talk about when we do the lectures is people sometimes just don't understand why they have extreme cases of deja vu. or someone will start telling them a story and it's unfolding in their head where they know the ending of the story before the person's finished telling it. And they start to dream or think about things that happen the next day or within a day or so. And they just don't own it. They don't know why it's happening. If you in my opinion, and, you know, I'm by no means think I'm a professional in the field. I feel like if you start to notice that and you start to focus on it, you start thinking about how those things have happened to you time and time again. And when it does happen, you start to think harder about it. You start to think into the situation and see if it unfolds. If you can start doing that, you are starting to perfect your skill in the field of mediumship. 
doesn't mean that you're going to hear voices, doesn't mean you're going to see apparitions or see dead people, but your brain is going to open up to the point that you will start to get either a feeling, a, a situation, uh, emotion. To me, that's how it started was emotion, where I was actually feeling and living out the emotion of a spirit. If you start being emotional in, pl in places and you don't understand why, it could be spirit driven. You know, if you start picking up traits that you never had before and it's happening in great detail, you might be picking up spirit activity. So it's kind of like you have to start figuring out kind of why it's happening. Is, is this because I just happen to think about it because I heard about it or is it happening too regular to the point that you think you're being seeped out? So, I mean, it's, it's an odd situation, but I do think everybody has the ability to pick up feelings and emotions. It's just how far into it and how good you are at picking up on it. Yeah. And I, you're talking about that feeling. You get a feeling where, you know, you don't really feel like it's your emotions or whatever. Matt and I have discussed that before, too. And I've uh, I talked to Forrest about it a few times after their investigations where you go and investigate a building and, you know, you're wanting to capture concrete evidence of the paranormal. Well, honestly, in my opinion, and, and I, I could be way off base, but in my opinion, I think most of the interactions you have with anything paranormal, whether it be a spirit or whatever you want to call it, is going to be more emotional and more personal. It It's not going to be a visual apparition that you catch on a FLIR camera or something, you know, it, it's it's designed to be for you and it's not for the whole world and it's not for them to prove the existence of, you know, ghosts or spirits or anything, but it's so that you can have that because you need that experience at that moment. And I think that's why it's so hard to capture evidence or prove anything paranormal and that that's what it made me think when you said you get those feelings is because when you get one of those, maybe that's tapping into that primal ability that we all have to tap into psychic phenomena or whatever that you're actually heightened to in that sense. Maybe it's the, you know, the dark room and all your other senses are gone and that's how you pick up on it. But I, I think that's, a big part of paranormal investigation period, whether it be psychic abilities or not is a being overwhelmed by feelings that aren't your own. Um, and, and it, it's, I, I personally think it's, it's cool to hear somebody with psychic abilities say something like that. Cause it kind of validates what I've thought for a while. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the biggest success for me is when you get that validation, 
I mean, I, Dave will tell you, I have what we call oh moments all the time. You know? <laughs> right. For me to come up and just blurt something out, you know, and I, it, as crazy as it sounds, when somebody validates it, I'm the first one to say, oh, you know, I was right. I can't believe it. Because you, I can't say with certainty that everything I pick up is real. Mm-hmm. I, I can't. I can't just say, oh, this is what happened and that's it. I might be able to narrow down a situation. I mean, again, I'll try not to get too long winded, but the same investigation we went on this weekend, we pulled in the driveway and next door is an abandoned house. Well, I didn't know, but the homeowner that we went to actually owned it. They just bought it a year ago. So, you know, I ended up over there because the spirit was so heavy in that house that I went over there first. And as soon as I walked in, I said, the guy that lived here committed suicide. And I said he was growing weed in his upstairs. Why that came to me, I have a clue. And as soon as I said that, the husband and wife are looking at each other. Then they look at me and said, yes, we bought this house a year ago. The guy that owned it committed suicide. And when the sheriff came to take everything out, there were 80 pot plants in his attic. Did he leave 40 of them, though? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they cleaned it up pretty good because there was nothing there for me to pick up on. But, <laughs> but for some reason, I knew this guy had, you know, pot plants in his upstairs and and I pointed to where he killed himself. Wow. Oh, wow. That'll happen. You go somewhere for something and all of a sudden it's like, oh, wait a minute. There's something going on over here. So, oh, you know, you can't always control everything, but those are always moments for me. You know, when I pick up something and I find out it's true, but yeah, validation, it's a big thing. Randy, you, you, you've touched on a lot of the negative aspects of having these abilities. And one thing Adam and I were curious about is have you ever met someone or had, had any discussions with anyone that really truly felt that they had some psychic ability, but just for whatever reason, refused to either accept it or investigate it, whatnot. Um, tell us what your experience with that has been. Uh, not really a whole lot, but I am sort of working with, by family request, a young man that does have a lot of abilities and he's just refusing to accept it. And I've talked to him on a couple of different occasions about it. He's ex-military. He's a hunter. He's in construction. His family is the same way. They're just, you know, a great family. And the mother is beside herself because she knows her son has this ability and he knows it. But when you try to talk to him about it, he's like, no, I don't. No, I don't feel that. And he happened to be friends with the people that we did the investigation for this weekend. And I made him go into that house where the suicide was and had him come back and tell me what he felt. And he was almost spot on with everything that I had. So that right there, I kept saying, how can you deny that you have a gift when you went in and you picked up on the same exact things that I did? How could you deny that? And he's still fighting it. 
Although he did want my phone number. So I think that's a step <laughs> forward. I think he might want to actually talk about it. So, <laughs> well, all right. Well, it, you know, it, they, the people just don't, you know, it's one of those things. They don't want to be crazy. They don't want people to call them crazy. It's it's not like you've got somebody that's a really good basketball player and they just hate playing basketball. <laughs> you know? I mean, it's a, it's a it's a bit different, and you know, I, I guess I can understand. Depending on your situation in life, you may be afraid that if you open yourself up to other people to say, you know, I can do this, maybe maybe in a fashion of. I can help you or a spirit has communicated with me or indicated to me that I need to convey this message to you. Um, I would imagine there's a lot of people that are going to look at you like you're crazy mm-hmm. and to, to just put yourself out there like that has got to be really, really scary. So I can imagine that there are a lot of folks that, experience these things to a pretty severe degree that just absolutely refuse to accept it or, or to go any further with it. Um, go ahead, Ren. People are afraid that they're going to attract something negative that, that you know, a spirit's going to attach to them. That's demonic or something horrible. Yeah. And, but is that, is that a rational fear, Randy? It can be if you if you're not careful. I mean, but so is opening your front door without looking out, you know, so it's kind of the same thing. If you're not careful what you're doing. Yeah, you can invite anything in. And some people are like that. They don't have the confidence that they're going to be able to control it. And they are afraid they're going to let something bad in or they have family and they're afraid something's going to happen to their family from spirit. And it just kind of escalates. Well, Randy, we don't want to cut it short, but we are running long here because, um, like Matt said, we can talk forever. I know. I'm, just, um, I'm thinking he's going to have to edit some of this out because <laughs> we're running uh, you, over. <laughs> yeah, you'd be surprised how little I'm going to edit out, really. It's just going to be a long episode for everybody. Um, but before we end the interview, is there anything – you want to say to anybody that they may feel like they have any psychic abilities or, or they're, you know, toying with that thought that, you know, I, some of this sounds familiar and I, I, I feel like maybe I, you know, am picking up on stuff that normal everyday people are not picking up on. Is there anything you want to say to them that would help them out or where they can find answers or help or anything like that? Well, I don't want to tell anybody to jump into anything. I, I believe that everyone should have caution in what they do, especially if you're unfamiliar. But there's a lot of good books. There's If you can find a good metaphysical shop that you're comfortable with and you feel comfortable in, question the people in the in the shops about mediums in the area speak with another medium get the books on you know mediumship and how to tell if you have the ability and how to control yourself and and read up on it it's like anything else education about something is the best way to go don't go into anything blind 
and you know just be careful you know be it's like when people talk about ouija boards and things you know just be careful some people say there's nothing wrong other people are scared to death it's a matter of opinion and how you use it know what you're doing before you do something and you know that's all i can tell people if you have the gift you're going to know and you know just from our conversations tonight hopefully somebody picked up on some of what we talked about and are are going to say hey maybe i do have a, an ability and maybe i should check it out well we appreciate that and everybody go check out paranormal road you can find it wherever you find your podcast you can find it where you find us um so if you're on your podcatcher just search paranormal road um you know go check out their facebook page and the evp mediums facebook page um but randy thank you so much for joining us tonight in the graveyard we appreciate it and like matt said it's always awesome to talk to you and you know it's a shame that we can't go for three hours (laughs) well it was my pleasure you guys are awesome and you know we we could talk for hours back and forth about everything and you know coming down to nashville and meeting you guys was incredible and it was an experience you know we we are great friends and that's what happens in this industry yeah it's amazing the friends you pick up in the the paranormal realm some of the nicest people you'll ever meet that's right (laughs) The, the people that follow you on facebook you know you just end up with thousands and thousands of people following you and the next thing you know you're chit-chatting with them like your old friends. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a cool world. And, you know, we met you guys the same way. Just, you know, listening to podcasts. And the next thing you know, we're talking behind the scenes. And here we are today. Right. Well, Randy, thank you very much. And have a good night. We will holler at you soon. Thanks. No problem. It was my pleasure. All right, everybody. So that was our interview with Randy. And we hope you enjoyed it. And this is the time in the episode where we ask you, to tell us what you think. Hit us up wherever you like to hit us up. Um, Send us a message on the website or Facebook or whatever, uh, and let us know what you think. Do you think that mediumship and psychic abilities are real? Do you have any of them? Do you exhibit any of the things that we've talked about tonight in this extraordinarily long episode for (laughs) Graveyard Tales? It's a record. Um, it is a record, I do believe. Um, but let us know what you guys think. Yeah, and and do hit us up on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, and go check out our webpage. It's graveyardpodcast.com. And on our website, you can listen to the show. Uh, you can find links to purchase our uh, merchandise. And you can find out a little bit more about Adam and myself. Uh, but you can also become a patron, as Adam mentioned at the top of the show, and you know, for as little as a dollar, you can get access to all the bonus content, uh, all of these uh, crazy little episodes that Adam and do. They're a bit off topic. They're a bit more casual, but they're a lot of fun. Uh, and we really do appreciate everyone uh, who has mm-hmm. and continues to donate to the show. We take that money and we put it right back in to making the show better for you. So um, as always, please rate and review us on iTunes because it's how we bring Graveyard Tales up the chart and it brings just more people into the show. So uh, until next time, we'll save you a seat in the graveyard. See you soon. Yeah.